Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Healing School tonight. I'm wired for sound, and we're good to go. Hallelujah. It's going to be a good night. We're going to dive into the Word of God and find out what He says on how we can receive healing for our body. You know, not only can the Lord show us through the Word of God how we can drive sickness out of our body, but we can also see where we can build up our faith to the place where the Spirit of life makes us free from the laws of sin and death. And when germs touch us, when bacteria touch us, when viruses touch us, when disease touches us, it'll die instantly and not even come into our body to make us sick. So that's what we've been working on. This is the sixth installment of taking our vaccination against sickness and disease. And so we're going to jump in tonight. We're going to believe God. Understand his book is spiritually discerned. And we need help to get it into our heart. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He is the revelator. He's the one that gives our spirit the ability to see the unseen and to believe and embrace and have that life from this book imparted into our heart. So let's go ahead and pray again. And this is going to be good. We're going to get something tonight. I just know it. Father, you're awesome. (laughs) Hallelujah. We come under the sound of your voice right now. We come reverently. We come with an attitude of submission to you. And we thank you, Lord, that by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit that's in us and upon us, you will give us revelation knowledge. And if there be anything that's been, that we've been doing on our part that's, that's causing your power to heal the fullness that you have for us in our body, reveal that to us so that we can uproot it, we can get past it, and we will achieve great faith. Lord, we want to thank you for it right now. I say my eyes are open, my heart is receptive, and Holy One, I have an anointing from you, therefore I know all things. Amen? Well, let's jump right in. Now, we've been looking at great faith. Remember, Jesus talked to a centurion that came to him, wanting him to heal his servant. The Bible says that when he began to explain why Jesus didn't have to come to his house to heal his servant, Jesus was astonished. I mean, (laughs) you you really got to have a hold of something to get Jesus to turn his head and to make a comment that he hasn't seen a faith as great as he was displaying. So we've been looking at those ingredients that make up great faith. You know, if this centurion can have great faith, if this centurion can walk in a faith that Jesus is impressed with, you and I can. Hallelujah, with his help. And so we're looking at three ingredients to to have a faith that Jesus would say qualifies to be called great. 
Now, the first one is, just like the centurion, we have to recognize that the word of God is like Jesus. And it, it is empowered or contains the power of God. You see, really, that's what we need, is that we have to access God's power. And that power has been invested in his word. Look what it says here in Psalm 107.20. It says that God the Father sent the word. Now, isn't that interesting? Here, here is Israel, and they're facing calamity. Many people are dying and under this yoke of sickness and disease. And what does God do to meet their need? Now, many religious people would think, well, he, he would just come down and just heal everybody and take care of business. But that's not what he did. You see, you and I have to learn how God relates to us. Too many times we have these religious ideas that God's out doing this and God's out doing that. But really, he relates to us consistently through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the word of God. Because Jesus is the living word. But right now, all that Jesus was on the earth, not only as the son of God, but as a representative of God the Father, is invested now in this book. He now speaks to us. He now relates to us. He gives us access to his blessings through the word of God. And so here it says that in this need that Israel had, God sent his word. You know, that kind of opens it up to me that if I have a need, if I'm seeking the power of God, I don't have to go any further than his book. It's right there. What did he do when he sent his word? It says that word had the power to heal them, but then also to deliver them from their destructions. Hebrew 4.12 echoes what is said there in Psalm 107, it says that the word of God is alive. It's a living entity. Jesus said the words that I speak, they're a spirit and they are life. You see, this book not only contains God's power, but it imparts everlasting life. So it's quick, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So number one, we recognize how to access God's power is through getting his word in us and acting in the light thereof. Number two, we can have a great faith like the centurion when we understand that, that we receive God's grace to meet our need. You know, God always relates to humanity through his grace unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. And that's a position that you and I have to put ourselves. God is not going to force us to be under him, yielded to him, submissive to him, following him, obeying him, imitating him. He'll never force us to do that. It's you and I that has to humble ourselves. It says to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time. Humility has a big part to play in you and I uh, in obtaining a great faith. 
And that's an area that we're all going to have to work on. I'm still working on it. I'd like to tell you that I'm humble pie, but you know, I'm, I'm still making myself stay under the Lord's authority and recognizing that, that he's not relating to me of any value that I'm bringing to the table. I don't like hearing that, but it's absolutely the truth. I am nothing without him. I have nothing without him. And I can do nothing without him. Amen? And so as we stay in that place, here's what happens. It says in James 4, 6, when we put ourselves under him, as we humble ourselves under him, it says that he giveth you and I more grace. Hey, that's what I want. That's what I need. I need a greater measure of grace, and I can have it when I humble myself. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud. I don't want him to resist what he has for me, with, withhold what he has for me. I, I want to be a vessel that's humble, that's tender, that recognizes that he's giving it unto me as a gift. Amen? So he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The third thing is where we kind of left off last week. We began to talking about a great faith learns how to walk in command authority. Now that term command authority, authority may be a little blind to you. It's simply talking about submitting ourselves under God so that he can bestow, bestow heavenly authority upon us. That's why Jesus was so humble in his earthly ministry. Remember, he always deferred to God. He's saying, I'm not doing the works. This isn't me doing this. This is God working through me. He doeth the works. And really, that's the place that we need to put ourselves under God's mighty hand. Understanding that anything that happens that is good through us is not us. It's because of him. So look here in Matthew 8, 8, and we see the centurion. Remember, he's the one that Jesus said had the great faith that was being displayed. Notice that he understood command authority. He understood that Jesus was, had the power he had because he was submitted to God. Just like the centurion was submitted to the officers over him. He knew that the authority he had was because authority was being deferred to him because he was submitted to them. And so he says, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. See, <laughs> glory to God, that's great faith. You know, most of us would want Jesus to come. Most of us would want Jesus to do something. But this centurion understood command authority. He says, Jesus, you don't have to come to my place right here. All you got to do is speak the word. All you got to do is make the command and my servant will be healed. Woo, doggy, that's awesome. Command authority is using the authority that God has given us to bring healing, not just to our body, but to those that we minister to. Amen. So like the centurion, we're under God's authority. Amen. And therefore, because we're under his authority, we're now positioned where we can release 
his authority by speaking a command. Just like Jesus, all he did was speak healing to that servant, and guess what? He was healed. It's interesting that uh, another translation, the TEV translation of uh, speak the word only, says just give the order. Just give the order. Hallelujah. A lot of times that's what we need to do. Amen. To see healing come to an individual. So, great faith to be healed uses command authority by speaking the command of healing to the sickness itself. You know, if we became a student of the earthly ministry of Jesus, we'll find that many times he didn't pray to set people free. Many times he just spoke to the sickness. He spoke to the circumstance. He spoke to what he saw. Remember? He spoke to storms and they stopped. He spoke to a tree and it died. He did many things just by releasing his authority through his words. And you and I can do the same thing because we're under him and we have his heavenly authority. Look what it says in James 4, 7. It says, submit yourself. Remember, we just talked about that. Humility, submission is a choice that we make. And so we can submit ourselves unto God. Then notice that you have his authority because right in the next part of that verse, it says, because you're submitted to God, now you're in a position to resist the devil. Now, what's he going to do? The Bible says he's going to flee from you. I heard uh, about one translation that says that he'll flee from you as in terror. You know, the devil's not afraid of you. He's certainly not afraid of me. But he's afraid of the one that lives in us. He, he's, uh, he's a little concerned about the heavenly authority we've been given. He certainly doesn't like the idea that we are a representative of him here on the earth. And we've been given the name of Jesus. We've been given the word of God. Hallelujah. We have the keys of the kingdom of God. Glory to God. We have authority. And so when we use that authority, it says the devil will flee. Understand that when you speak to sickness, really you're speaking to the source of sickness. Jesus taught us that the devil ultimately is behind all sickness and all disease on the earth. Hallelujah. So when you speak to sickness, you're also speaking to the author of sickness, who is the devil. Go with me over in Luke chapter 13. Are you guys getting anything tonight? Is the Lord speaking to you? Is he helping you to see? Hallelujah. I know he's helping me, glory to God, now that I got the mic on. It's awesome. Here we go. Luke 13, 11. It says, look or see or observe. Here's a woman. The scripture begins to describe her. It said that she had a spirit of infirmity. Now, isn't that interesting? When, when, how do I want to say this? Understand that you and I, where our authority lies in which we receive from the Lord, is spiritual authority. 
We don't have power, physical power to change things, but we have spiritual authority that can change things. Everything on this earth comes from a root. And that root is unseen because it's in the realm that is obscure to us. It's invisible. It's the spiritual realm. And so when we begin to speak to sickness, we begin speaking to the spiritual root of that sickness. And when that is severed, then those symptoms that were emanating from that dry up and people recover. People are healed. People are set free. Hallelujah. So he says, this woman had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. That's a long time to suffer. It says that this condition caused her to be bound over. So she might have had an extreme case of arthritis and was bent over and was fixed in that position. And she couldn't even lift herself up. She couldn't straighten herself. It says in verse 12 that when Jesus saw her, he called this woman to himself. And he said unto her, woman. Now notice how he's ministering to her. We're talking about command authority. We're talking about speaking to the root. He says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You're loosed from your sickness. You're loosed from your disease. Notice that he's calling sickness something that binds us, hinders us, deters us. That's why dis-ease is called exactly that. It's the lack of ease, dis-ease. In the eyes of God, and it, we need to take on this view as well, all sickness is bondage. Bondage can't come from God. Jesus, who is loosing this woman from the bondage, he couldn't lose something that God put on her, or he'd be contradicting God. Hello? We've been taught for hundreds of years that God uses sickness as a means to get people to wake up. He uses sickness to punish people. He, gives, uh, he uses sickness to, to test people or to get them to see some deep, deep, you know, uh, spiritual truth. That's religious hogwash. I'm not sure what that word hogwash is, but it's just, it's not true. Why would God use the attributes and the, the effects of the devil to do his bidding for him. Well, when you say it that way, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But here we have evidence. Remember, Jesus is the will of God in action. His whole earthly ministry displayed the will of God. And every time he faced sickness and disease and people cooperated with him, he came against it and caused it to dry up from the roots. And so he says, be loosed of your infirmity. Now notice he didn't pray. He didn't pray to God that he would heal her. No, he used the authority he had from God and he spoke 
that command authority, he spoke the word only because he is the word. He spoke to that and commanded it to line up with what he was saying. He actually spoke to the source of sickness. He continued on in verse 13. It says he laid his hands on her. Immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. Now, religious folks always get upset when they see the power of God in action. And here they come, the ruler of the synagogue, and, and they answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Isn't that crazy? And said unto the people, there are six days that, that you can work, but go ahead and do that in them and be healed. But don't come to God to be healed on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, Jesus answered them and said, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall? There's that term loose again. Being stuck in a pen is bondage, is being a captive. Opening up the gate is loosing them and freeing them from that bondage. And then in verse 16, he says, shouldn't have or ought not this woman being a daughter in covenant with Almighty God through Abraham. And then he, he again repeats himself, whom Satan hath bound. Well, that's pretty clear. It tells us who's the one that brings the bondage and who's the one that looses us and makes us free. Shouldn't this woman whom Satan has bound, be loosed from this bondage on the Sabbath day. This is a great depiction of where sickness comes from. It, it tells us who the author of sickness is, but it also shows us that, that God sent Jesus to the earth as our representative to loose us and to free us from the bondage of sickness. Now, Jesus, in this instance, he used command authority to take authority over the root and the cause so that she be loosed and freed. And with Jesus' example, he's showing us great faith. You and I, just like Jesus, we have been given heavenly authority and we can speak the word and dry up the root cause of sickness, not just in our body, but in the bondage of those. So we have this same authority that Jesus displayed. Look over in Matthew 16, 19. Woohoo! Now in this instance, in verse 19, Matthew 16, he says, I will give. Well, that's because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. He hasn't been resurrected. He hasn't seated at the right hand of God. But you see, now we're in that dispensation. Now we're in that time in which we are empowered and we do have what? The keys of what? The kingdom of heaven. You see, keys represent authority many times. Keys also represent access. You see, if you give me the keys to your car, I now have access to that car. 
and I can drive it all over the place, right? Because I have the keys. Amen? Keys also talk about having authority. When I have the key to your car, I have the authority over the car, and I can dictate to that car what I want it to do. So we've been given the authority of the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God and the power therein. And notice what it says here. It says, and whatsoever you ask the Father to bind on earth. No, it doesn't say that. No, it says, whatsoever I shall bind, whatsoever you shall bind. You see, not only have we been given authority, kingdom, heavenly kingdom authority, the same authority that Jesus used while he was on the earth, not only have we been given it, but we've been authorized to use it. Now see, this is one area where we need to grow in. We need to grow in the area of those things that are God's responsibility and those things that are our responsibility. Too many times we endeavor to, to uh, make God responsible for doing what we're supposed to do. And then we wonder why he's not moving in our life. Well, we're expecting him to do something for us that he gave us the ability to do with what he's given us. And it's true in this realm of authority. There is no place in the New Testament that even suggests that we should pray to God or ask God to do something about the devil on our behalf. Well, why wouldn't he do that for us? Because he's already done it. You see, when he raised Jesus from the dead in the midst of a sinner's hell, when he raised Jesus from the depth of that bondage that he was in representing us, as one separated from God. God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, defeated the devil in the Lord's resurrection. So he's already done what we're asking him to do for us in certain circumstances. He wants us to use the keys or the authority that he's already given us. Too many times we tolerate what the enemy's doing towards us and we're just rubbing our hands going, oh, I wish God will do something. And God's wondering, well, why aren't they doing what I, the, why aren't they using the authority I've already given them? I've already defeated that in their behalf. Amen. Didn't he spoil principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, in our behalf? He didn't do it for himself. He did it so he could then, through his victory, give us back and restore the authority we had before the fall of man. So check this out. He says that I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We have kingdom authority. Then he says, whatever you bind. That word bind means to disallow. We talked about the thief coming in to take your widescreen TV, your big screen TV last week. Well, you know that you have ownership of that TV. When that thief comes in to steal, kill, and destroy and tries to take it out of your house, you get a little uppity. You don't pray to God and ask him to come and 
you know, get to see to stop taking your TV set. No, you use the authority that you know you have because you're in your home. You're in that which you have the authority over. You know that you have bought that TV set and it's your possession. You get a little uppity, right? You'll do whatever you can to keep him from stealing from you. Well, we have the same right to do that when sickness is placed in our body. We need to go, whoa, 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 whoa devil remember he's ultimately behind all sickness and disease that which comes to bind and restrict us we can speak to him in the name of jesus we can speak the word at him hey jesus already bared that away himself took my infirmities bear my sicknesses i command you sickness to leave now in jesus name and you got it that's great faith. He says, whatever you disallow, you bind on earth, shall then be bound in heaven. See, heavenly, heavenly help comes when we do our job here on earth. Hallelujah. And then whatever you shall loose or allow here on earth shall then be loosed in the heavenlies. You know, when we do our job down here, God always does his job, amen. And so can you see that when, when Jesus saw that woman? You know, when you see somebody in that condition, it, it should cause a, an indignation, a righteous indignation to rise up in your heart. You should begin to consider, how dare that devil bring this bondage to this person? You, you, you need to see that that's the work of the enemy. And you, you, you really need to see it as it is. And you need to allow that to rise up within you to use the heavy, heavenly authority that you have been given and deny it the right to stay in that person's body. Amen? Sickness is an enemy. I said sickness is an enemy. And you and I have authority over it. Hallelujah. You see, when we have authority, we can use it. Amen. Look what uh, Jesus says over here in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, I give unto you authority. The King James says power, but it's better translated authority. We discussed how authority is better than power. He's given us authority to do what? To step on serpents, which is a type and a shadow of Satan and his works. We can tread on them, put him underfoot, because that's what Jesus did. And he's given us his authority. And so we now have authority over where we can walk on him with that authority and stop his work. So we, have, we can tread on serpents and, uh, and scorpions and overpower, and that's actual power of the enemy. Your authority can sever and dry up his effects of his power. Oh, hallelujah. And so your authority is over all the power, all that the devil brings against you. And nothing 
shall by any means hurt you. Now, some might ask the question, well, does that authority that we have from Jesus include authority over sickness? Well, he told us in Mark 16, 17, he says signs are going to follow you. These signs will accompany you. We'll see a trail of these happening everywhere you go, that in my name you're going to cast out devils. Well, if you have authority over the devil, then you have authority over his works. And sickness is one of his works. We have the authority to command Satan and his works to leave. Look what it says in Matthew 10.1. Jesus called to him his 12 disciples. He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal. So we see here that these disciples... And that's, what, that's who you and I are. A disciple just means a follower of Jesus. We're following him, amen. And therefore, just like these 12, you and I have been given authority over unclean spirits and we can cast them out and we can heal. Look at this, every disease and every affliction. Woohoo! glory to God. Look at Luke 9.1. He called his 12 disciples together. And did what? He gave them not just power, but authority. To do what, Jesus? Power and authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. So yes, we can speak to sickness. We can speak the word just like Jesus did. We can give the command and sickness and disease will flee. We need to begin practicing this. And, you know, I found that when we begin to resist symptoms early on, before they take root in our physical body, it's amazing how many times that you'll never have any more symptoms after you speak to it early on. Especially those things that are common. How many know that things that are common are still a hindrance? How many of you know that the common cold is still a hindrance? It diminishes our life. The flu, this, uh, you know, COVID-19 virus. These things are all a part of hindering us. And we've seen how many people have died because of it. But you know, if we would just begin speaking to just symptoms in our body, if you get a headache and command it, it would leave. If you get an ache or a pain, if you'll speak it and command it to leave. If you have any kind of symptoms, speak to them immediately. Don't wait to see if it's going to evolve into something. Don't give it time to take root. Because I'm telling you, once something takes root, it takes a, lar a, a greater measure and effort to pull it up. But if you get it when it's in its infancy, when you get it when it's just starting, and you speak to that and say, uh-uh, I mean, you recognize the thief coming in the window before he crosses the room and grabs your TV set. You see him coming in the window, and you command him to leave right now before he even gets in the house. That will get our authority out of place where it'll just start uprooting things left and right, and you can go through life without sickness and dis ease. Amen.
So let's go ahead and pray. Let's thank the Lord for the revelation he's given us tonight. And let's make it, let, let's just make a determination that I'm going to stop allowing the devil to tread on my body. I'm going to stop allowing him to have place in my physical body. I will walk free from sickness and disease because I'll recognize the symptoms and I will speak the word and it will leave, it will be severed, it will be cast out in Jesus' name. So Father, we want to thank you tonight that through your Son, you have given us authority. The same authority that Jesus displayed on earth in his earthly ministry, we now have that same authority. We have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever we bind is bound and whatever we loose is loosed. And I thank you that each one of us can stay free. We can walk in health and strength and vitality and length of days because Jesus, you took our infirmities and you bared our sicknesses and we have the authority to stay free. I thank you for showing us how to have great faith. We choose to continue to feed our faith, to walk and live by faith, and to see you work through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys are a blessing. I'm so glad that you were here with us tonight. Again, I say that no evil shall befall you. I say no plague shall come nigh your dwelling. Because Jesus has redeemed you from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for you. And now the blessings of Abraham are yours through faith and trust in your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys are a blessing. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.